hello and welcome. I really, as I've been doing these, I have this like desire to have some sort of like fanfare introduction and really charismatic uh, thing. But because we hang out for like 10 minutes beforehand, it really just sort of seems arbitrary. Um, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have that speech planned yet. But I, I was asked one. Do you have one, Jay? I, no, but I was just waiting for it. I was expecting <laughs> it. Well, let this be the first of many disappointments I will bring to us tonight. Well, hi. I, I, I wanted to give everyone a chance to introduce themselves. Um, but I thought by quick round uh, way of introduction, I would go around the horn and just say how I've met each of you and how you got roped into these things. Um, and so from top left, I'm me. Uh, Jameson or Jay. Do you prefer Jay or Jameson? It doesn't matter. We'll pick I'm one. Used, I'm used to, uh, the Jay. Okay. Uh, Jay and I met. Jay's a sound uh, engineer. Is that the title you want? Sound engineer? Sure. Location yep. mixer? What do you Location, want? Location sound mixers. Location sound mixers, kind of typical. Yeah. Uh, but we met filming uh, some stuff right before the pandemic hit. Right, right when we could still meet people before that yep. ended. Uh, Tyler, you and I met. I don't know how we met, actually. But I know we filmed together. I think we met via Instagram or something, and yeah. then we started working together, and now here we are. And Carl, you found this link randomly. I don't think we've actually met. Well, I was just hoping that you wouldn't share any personal information about That's... me during this this uh, episode. That's fair. I can I can do that. No, Carl is uh, the head of school at the college school where I've done some filming and where I'm on the board and where I went and where where hopefully Luca will go and it's a cool school and Carl's in charge of it which is that why I'm what? on is that why I'm on this because you're manipulating me so you'll I'll let your child into the Sean smart yeah no yeah. but I mean for all of us the pandemic's been pretty tough on our professions I would say except Carl I think being ahead <laughs> of school right now is one of the easiest jobs that anyone could have Making those decisions is cake. You probably don't get any pushback. Um, just smooth sailing no. every day. Birds chirping, right? Exactly. I didn't. Uh, it's pandemic. I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell. Um, well, I say uh, let's let's introduce ourselves as fathers. I've been explaining to people like this group of us have what I've just called like an unconventional, like compared to the standard like close your eyes and imagine an american dad we don't exactly fit that mold um and i wanted us to to each take a turn and and i'll go first and just quickly say i'm a pandemic full-time dad so when the uh when this hit my wife was able to keep working um albeit from home but since video production was an impossibility i became uh, a full-time dad again which was I got some paternity leave when he was like three to six months old, but now I'm with him every day. I'm the the primary caregiver most of the time, um, and it's nice that Jesse's home and she's able to be around and we get to go on walks together every day. But um, as I as I reflect on my experience, I've gotten to see his first steps. Um, I guess by introduction of a father, I have uh, a 13 month old named Luca. Um, and so I've seen every one of his first steps and as he's doing all this development. And I know that's, that's not something that all dads get. Um, and like during this, this first year, 
I've gotten more time with him than I think the typical American dad gets. Um, and even when I was working uh, at the beginning of the year back full time, full time meant three days a week. Um, I was filming. And other than that, I was still home. So definitely not, not, I, I think the typical go bring home the bacon and wife raises the kid narrative that I think has been common for a long time. So that's what makes me a little different. Um, do you want to go, let's go reverse order. We, we did introductions clockwise. Let's go uh, counterclockwise. Carl, what, what makes you a, a unique father? What, what <laughs> your experience? I don't, I mean, you set this up. I have no idea what makes me what a makes your? Ex- I'm sorry, not not what makes your approach to fatherhood unique. You Rather, chose me, man. You I, picked me for this. I did, and and I don't want to. I don't want to tell your story. But what what, what is your, what is your fatherhood situation like? Okay, good. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm the old man here, um, despite what you see on your screen. Uh, I have 21 year old twin boys. Um, and so I'm kind of on that, you know, one of them actually is six feet away right now in this apartment and the other one's in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, but, uh, so I think I'm suspecting that my children are the oldest, um, of the group. So maybe that's what I'm bringing to this conversation. Age. Age and wisdom or just age? A- age and and exhaustion. <laughs> Tyler, you want to keep going? Sure. Uh, I am Tyler. I am the newest pop. Um, for me, uh, fatherhood started when I met my partner in 2018, and she has a five. She's five year old now, and uh, now we have a three month year old, and we had her April 30th. And for me. Going into the pandemic, I had just started working, but I somehow picked the best job possible because I've been on parental leave for four months and just spending time with the family, loving on them and uh, growing. But most of all, like having fun with my partner's daughter, who is I call myself a stepdad and she calls me that. And we're not married yet, but the family is here forever and she knows it. And it's been a great experience. But it's completely new for me. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing some great things from y'all and sharing. So you've had some experience with like the three, four, five-year-old range. Yes. But this is your first time with a newborn. So you're prepared for what's coming, but right now all uncharted. I'm scared for three and four because how I can talk to her now, like helping her with the virtual school thing, it's completely different from conversations with her from a year or two ago. It's just the logic is finally settling in. The memories are finally concrete. It's just making more sense. But yeah, I feel like I'm never going to be ready, but I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, but for you to say the logic is setting in, I'm assuming Carl and Jay, there's a point in their teenage years where the logic disappears again. Is that... For oh, me, you, just mean, wait. you just wait. Uh, <laughs> what, you know, we're not here to judge, really. That's good. I don't think. Yeah. And uh, Jay, what, what has made yeah. your experience? Well, I, I think I have to say, Carl, I think I might have you beat. Um, so I've got a, a 25-year-old and I've oh. got a 20-year-old. 
and I just had, uh, you know, my first grandbaby born about four months ago. So, you know, I got, I got the grandfather title now, which is so weird. It's such a weird feeling to even think about, but, um, I, uh, you know, I was in the military for a long time. I did, uh, from 1991 to 2006, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, so there was some challenges there that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. Um, as far as being away, you know, when, when, when you're trying to start a family and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, one of my children, uh, my oldest is uh, also transgender. So it was born male, but is female I identifies as a female. So there's that challenge too, as far as, uh, how society views things and stuff like that. So there's multiple things there, you know, it's kind of what I'm bringing to this table, I guess. Well, I, I feel like those are, are decent introductions on who we are and, and what we're working with. Um, were you if, expecting more, Sean? Yeah, actually, are you, I'm are you disappointed. Hang on. I'm, I'm going to actually, there we go. I'm just going to get rid of Carl for now. <laughs> um, now, th- one of the first things that, that made me want to have this, this sort of conversation with you guys was um, I was talking to some family friends um, several months ago, and they're all in their 50s and 60s and talking about when they had their kids, like they left work to go to the hospital and then the next day went back to work and that was normal. And I feel like the expectations for fatherhood have changed somewhat um, in that I feel like fathers are encouraged um, or expected to be around a lot more uh, in the very beginning. And I wanted to ask Carl and Jay, who have 20 years between now and then, the world has changed. What was it like? What were the expectations did you feel like when when your children were born and and you were being fathers in, what was that, the early 2000s late 90s well for me when my first was born in 1995 i was uh i i was actually uh well my family was back at camp pendleton but i was over in okinawa japan so when my baby was about to be born i had to fly back i'd already been you know in okinawa for seven seven months or so out of a 12 month stint and um had to fly back uh, was there for the birth. I was only home for like a week and then had to fly back. So, you know, I missed a lot of the pregnancy. I missed, uh, right after the baby was born for a few more months before I finally got to come home. So there was a lot that I missed, which made that struggle a challenge, you know, because back then we didn't have the emails that we access the emails like we do now in this type of communications, we didn't have it. So it was all a big struggle on my side of things at that point in my, my life with the baby being born. Yeah, I don't know if Carl, me, you can tell when I look at you, I guess it's sort of hard. I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, um, but I'll, I'll have, keep an eye on you for, for cues. But, um, so I was a teacher, um, an English high school English teacher when my children were born and it, it, Jay and I are fighting it out for who's who's older. I think maybe won or lost or whatever it is. Um, but I had a pager in case <laughs> you know it was that time. So that's how old the two of us are. At it, and I'll, I'll explain later on a different show what a pager is. Um, but uh, so my children were born 
on uh, May 24th, which couldn't be better for a teacher schedule. So I had the first three plus months at home, just like you did, Sean. Uh, and that was a great, a great opportunity for me to spend the, that time um, with my family. And I think so in that way, uh, I had a different opportunity just because my schedule happened to sync up um, with with the birth of my children. Uh, but, I, you know, I don't know if I I don't know if I'm sure what the expectations are now versus then. Um, but I certainly had a unique um opportunity at that time to spend a lot of time at home was paternity leave at your school a thing at that like had your kids been born in september do you know what it would have looked like for you uh i don't think it was actually a thing or i I didn't know anyone who had had done it um i think it's just you know you go home for the afternoon babies are born back to work in the morning as a as a lifelong educator, that's fair to say, right? Yeah, your your words, you're kind, you're too kind. <laughs> uh, I just didn't want to make you sound too old. I didn't know if you wanted uh, me right. to pull that back. I just appreciate you calling me an educator. Well, you're a a high school English teacher when when your yeah. children are born, and now you've yes. made your way through, and you're the head of a school. Do you yeah. think one of the things as a a board member that we've talked about with with teachers is it's tough to do paternity leave or maternity leave because of the commitment that a teacher has to their classroom. Um, is there anything as as an educator that that you see this becoming easier or or that you've seen a teacher's experience uh, improve over the years as far as how maternity paternity family leave um, is made available to teachers and and how, as, as somebody who, who understands how important the development of children is, that time with the parents is essential. It has, has it gotten easier, do you think, since you were a high school teacher in, in the early aughts? I do, I do think so. You know, I think that there's, um, there's an expectation that fathers are going to participate more fully um, than back in those days. Um, so I think that, that the ability to take that time, the ability to also just, you know, intermittently take time, you know, not necessarily just kind of leave at the beginning or something with paternity leave, but to, I think there's a, there's more of an understanding that as a father, you're going to be, you're going to want to participate. Um, and you might have to miss certain things that are professional obligations to do that. So I think that, People are more, um, not even understanding, but more encouraging, um, at least to the the men in the building, to participate in that. Um, I think that for uh, the women who are teachers, I think that the situation's been, at least last 20 years, has seemed pretty similar in terms of taking that time off and the understanding that that's just, that's part of your life. Um, but I do think it's changed for, for the dad, for the better. One other question about the the families you work with and stuff. Um, of all the families you've gotten to work with and the dads you've seen over the years, who would you say are like the top five worst dads? Just throw the names out there real quick. Do you um, have these written down? No, but I have one comes to mind. <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, um, 
I do know his name actually, and this was a pretty long time ago. But he came into uh, I was teaching his son, who was a 15 year old, probably sophomore in high school, who was a pretty normal, um, pretty smart guy. And the dad came in. I had never met the dad before, and we had a parent teacher conference. The first the first thing he said is, "What are we going to do with my good for nothing, worthless son?" Jeez. So he's he's in the top five. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if he's one, two, three, or five, but he's the first person that came to mind. Um, mm. We, for those of you who are watching and looking for tips, uh, we discourage language like that. Both, both internally and externally. Like you shouldn't think that way. Uh, and definitely you can don't think, voice you can, it. I'm not going to climb into your head. <laughs> we all have moments, uh, but yeah, it's not to be voiced. Um, well, to switch gears. Uh, a tiny little bit. I wanted to, to pose to each one of us um, this question, which wasn't this wasn't in the reading. This wasn't in the prepared materials. Um, but I, I think summarizing a lot of uh, our experience into the question of what has been one of the biggest challenges you've faced as a father, regardless of how long you've been a father. Let's start with Tyler on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> as soon as you said it, she came in. Of course. And asked the question. Uh, what was the question? Question is, what has been one of the biggest challenges of fatherhood so far for you? Uh, time management. Uh, that's definitely been tough. I mean, just making sure I take the time and like be patient because it's so easy to be like I'm doing this right now. Like I'll get to that when I get to it. But it's so, so much more important to be like, I got you. Let's go to it right now. And right now she's asking about this house we've been making. I'm going to try to show it. She is really excited about it. And we painted it pink. And you can't see it. But we tried our best. Step to the right. So that's her little door. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's yeah. a cool little fort. Yeah, we got too many boxes. And we're working on painting it right here. Uh. So, yeah, to tie that into that, the biggest challenge has been making sure I make the time and be patient, but we're kind of getting over that hurdle. Yeah, we, we have to, I don't know how many days we're going to do it. We're on day three. Uh, day three is, of the house. This is forever for her. Yep. Yeah. Those construction projects always take longer than you think. <laughs> you know? that, is for the, that is for sure. <laughs> Uh, Jay, you want to, you want to go? You know, I think, well, there, there's, there's always challenges. I mean, you could try and think of everything and it's, it just isn't going to happen. But I think one of the, the biggest things for me that I, I probably reflect back on now is more of trying to take every moment that you have with your children and finding those life lessons and recognizing when to teach that to them, whatever it is that's happening currently. Um, you know, it, it could be, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, so my girlfriend has two girls and just tonight before we came in, her, her youngest is uh, eight years old and is riding the bike. And I noticed that the, the rule is she has to stay in the, the cul-de-sac. Well, I noticed the way she came. I was like, I don't think she was just in the cul-de-sac. She came down, her mom asked her, where were you? She rode all the way to the park. So you, you've got to recognize that's got to be a lesson right there of 
of why we don't do certain things and you got to explain it, you know, and, and hopefully it, it hits home. And sometimes here, here's one thing is even when you're given the lesson, whatever it is, you sometimes don't know if they're actually hearing it, but if you stay consistent, you're going to see as they grow that it totally hit home with them at some point. So you just, you have to be consistent. That's probably been the challenge. Be consistent on what the lessons are and try and find the right times to whatever that lesson is. Yeah. My, my son is at the age where he isn't learning lessons yet. Um, he, he's not really capable of that. And, uh, the, the first time it happened like three weeks ago, he, he was walking around outside, uh, and fell and hit his head on the, the driveway, um, and had a goose egg on, like it was awful. And the sound that it made when his head hit the concrete, I hear every time I close my eyes, I just see that impact again and again. And since then, I have not really let him walk on concrete without holding his hand really tightly. And every time he lets go and starts to run a little bit, I have this like, don't you remember? Don't you remember what happened, man? This ended very poorly last time. Um, so yeah, yeah how, how old again? 13 months. 13 months. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's one. He's yeah. He's got a little while before he can start to really have the reasoning that I'm trying to impart into him. Right. Um, for me, the, the my biggest challenge was my whole life, um, since I was in fourth grade, I've struggled with anxiety. Uh, and when it hits me, I can't eat. And when you don't eat for a week, bad things happen to your body. Uh, and amongst other things, you lose confidence in your ability to do anything. Um, and so I felt like when I first went away to college, I didn't eat for the first three weeks and I was just laying in bed and then I would get up and go to class and sleep through class because I had no energy. It was bad. And that was my biggest challenge as a father is this fear of like, is there going to be a day when he needs me and I just can't function? Like I just cannot raise my head because of whatever chemicals are imbalanced and whatever I'm struggling with. Um, is, is there a day where I just won't be able to be there for him? Um, and while there have been only a few bad anxiety days, I've yet to be incapacitated where, where I haven't been able to, to be there for him. And so that's my, my fear is uh, my challenge is that fear of just, you never know, you never know of what's going to happen. And will I be able to take care of myself enough to also take care of him? Um, it I, I, you know, as you say that one thing, you know, I have, you know, I'm a diabetic now, uh, which is weird on its own. And, and actually now that I don't have a, a younger child that I have to worry about like that, I mean, that brings up a good point, but I also feel that, I mean, unless it's a, a bigger medical issue, I think our bodies will push through a lot of things and you realize, man, I got to get up. I have to take care of my child. You know, I mean, unless, like I said, it's a bigger medical issue. I think, I think you're going to be okay. You know, that's just my gut feeling. Of course, I don't know. I'm not you. So, <laughs> right. And, and so far the data has showed you're right. I have, I have survived thus far, but anxiety being the way that it is, I just always have that fear of like, well, I handled that. What's next? Uh, and will I be able to, to do that? Um, so I'm only 13 months into this thing, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's been my, I think my, my chief challenge. Cax for a favor. 
Yeah. Can I change my answer from earlier? Nope. Come Sorry, on. Sorry, man. Okay. Thank you. Jay, you brought it back into my head. The biggest challenge for me has been changing my approach because how I talk to myself and like how I, what is it, how I discipline myself is not how I can discipline the girls. So that's definitely been the biggest. Just like coming in and making sure I keep in mind like they're not only sensitive, but they're young and I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to learn from this. And that's been like the biggest things. Like you don't have to feel bad. Never the goal. And that's hard for me not to do because I do it here. So stopping it here so I can stop it there as well. I, I have to follow up on that. Jay, as a Marine and especially being active as your, your children were born, did you notice a similar contrast to let's say your day to day and how your relationship with authority and, uh, and structure went compared to children. So we all <laughs> kind of reflect off of certain aspects in our life. So my approach to fatherhood and discipline and all that, I leaned heavily on the Marine Corps, heavily. And what I mean by that, there it, obviously I can't tell, you know, a 15 month, hey, start pushing. You know, it's not like that. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, the structure of what the military has done for me is, is what I lean on. And I don't know if I can give like a good example or anything, but, um, one thing is that like, I will always, whatever I have to discipline on, I make the, um, what's a, what's the word I'm trying, trying to look for. Whatever their crime was, I make the punishment reflect on that. So let's say, um, I got to think of a good example. Um, let's say they didn't take the trash out like they were supposed to. Let's assume that they're like a 10-year-old, okay? Um, if they didn't take out the trash, well, then I'm going to make them go get all the trash throughout the house, not just because of what they did. So I, I use whatever they didn't do right. So I, I, and that's kind of one of the things the Marine Corps does, you know, and you don't ever let up even when you don't feel like it. So sometimes you have to discipline, even though you're like, you know what, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'll just let it go this time. No, you really can't. You got to say, you got to keep that consistent structure and that's what will make them, I think, better in the, the long run. Carl, what has been one of the biggest challenges for you in your experience? Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, to bring it back to uh, the college school, uh, preschool through eight co-ed independent school in Webster Groves, currently accepting applications for the fall. Um, we use the word journey a lot, right? For the, for the students that they're embarked in the journey. I think, you know, after listening to these, these guys talk and, um, share some good insight that, a challenge for me has been to separate and to understand that this it's their journey you know it's not mine and you know you can provide support but it's hard to provide them your children with direction uh, because it's not it's not up to you um, and they're going to do things that you wouldn't do and they're going to do things that you, you don't like and i think that that's kind of holding their hand, you know, off to the side, walking with them side by side, 
um, instead of leading is a challenge I faced. And, you know, I've gotten pretty good, <laughs> pretty good at it because you start to see things you didn't expect and experience things you didn't expect. And um, they make choices that, you know, even if they're not, they might not even be bad choices. They just, they're not yours. Uh, and I think that you have to understand that, that that's the case, that these these are separate people and they're going to make their own decisions and you got to be there for them. Um, but if you instruct them, I think that you you run the risk of not allowing them to, to find their own way and find their own path. It's not, it's that's an easier said than done thing, um, but it's a kind of constant, something that you have to be constantly conscious of. You're saying, oh, okay, well, that's interesting that you chose those shoes. You know, I, those, you know, how can I help you <laughs> with that choice the next time? I don't, you know, I don't know. No, I, I, I have to, I don't mean to, you're, you're hitting a, a perfect thing for me to, to bring this back up is being in the Marine Corps and going through I, I don't know how to to word this as well, but having a transgender, you, you know, I've never been around that, you know, and so when I notice that my my child was doing different things, as you're saying, kind of, it's like that is challenging to step back, let them lead their life the way they are, you know, the way they want to be, and 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 grow that way, and that that was hard for me to you know, Marine Corps, this, er, let's go take the hill. <laughs> oh, you want a flower? Okay. You know, it's just weird. It's just different. You know, is there anything as you talk about them finding their own uh, path and maybe, you know, splitting off from your own a little bit, uh, Carl and Jay, is there anything that you're sort of disappointed that your children didn't get into? And I know Carl, you're, you're at least one of your kids plays guitar uh, and you've, I've seen you guys like play together and stuff, and that must be cool to share that. Are there any hobbies that you really wish they would have gotten into that they didn't? And for Tyler and myself, are there any things that you're really hoping your kids do get into that you can share with them or you're afraid? Like, for example, Ultimate Frisbee. I love playing Ultimate, and I would love to play with my son one day, but I worry that it's going to be the thing of like, I push it too hard and it's going to be like, dad, stop, man, go play, go play your Frisbee with your friends and leave me alone. And that's just going to break my heart. I, yeah. I would say with that, um, at the right age, start introducing it. And if he says no, accept it, move on. Yeah. I think that that, that very fact that you asked that question Suggest that you haven't listened to anything I've said in the last 35 seconds. No, uh, I, I listened to exactly what you said, and it prompted me, are there any places <laughs> in particular that, that you've noticed your sons did not maybe go the way that you could have had a different bond? That's the whole point, man. That's the whole point. I, I guess I'm, I'm asking for another example of what's, that, what's another place where your, your children have not followed to be mini Carl's. Okay. I will say I'll, I'll play along because it's your show. Thank you. you know, I, I, uh, my kid, my children don't care about uh, sports, like watching sports at all. And I could probably figure out why, you know, I think that if, 
you know, if your dad um, watches the Kansas City Chiefs lose to Denver and then goes into a funk for six months, <laughs> you know, you might not be necessarily drawn to that kind of lifestyle. Is that what you do? In the past. Okay. When I was a, a younger, a lesser man. Um, but they, you know, I, I like watching football and golf and all, and they, they just don't care about that. Um, so am I disappointed? No, no, I'm not. That's what but I was it, looking it is, for. It is a divergence. Yes. <laughs> Tyler, what you got? What do you want to do with your kids one day that you're afraid they won't do with you? <laughs> Probably pick up a camera. Like, Anis, who's five now, is, like, picking up a camera and walking around, asking people if she can take each other's pictures. And then I feel like that's inevitable because me and mom are both retired. I have a basketball in my hand, so I really want them to play basketball, too. But if we don't do that, that's cool. Uh, if any, if anything, they need to dance. I want my kids to dance because we're a dancing family because it's just expression right there. So if they don't dance, that'll absolutely break my heart. And I can promise you that. I feel like that's one of those things where there's enough room in dance for them to dance. They may not, they may not do the uh, box step like, like you and your partner, but they'll find I mean, their own dance. I just meet people who like don't even want to go out and dance like nobody's watching. So if they're like, I never want to see them worried about people looking when they dance. So it's not good. I just want to see you move, move however you feel is right. But dang, that break my heart. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I didn't mean for this to be this sad of a question. Sorry. Carl, you were right to push back. <laughs> for for me, it's the same thing of the camera where I like making videos and like going on trips and taking a camera and trying to make a video that, you know, summarizes the trip that you can look back at later. And while the cameras have gotten smaller, I can't help but just see myself as like the dad with the shoulder video camera at Niagara Falls and like everybody get in there get in there and smile and wave say hi grandma um, I, I like I'm worried I'm going to be that guy and they won't be into it but if it was cool where they were like yeah dad get a cool shot of us walking past here I'm like yeah that'll work but I, I think I think that's one where I'm going to end up pushing it too hard and just spoil all there's, there's no chance that that's going to just be organic can I ask a question you just did you can ask that's another it. one though Okay, can I ask another one? We can do this all <laughs> uh, So I think I'm going to say this is going to sound silly. It's not silly, but I, I I do think that you are a cool dad. I think that that's true. It's the hat, isn't it? Do Do you imagine that there will be some kind of evolution? Like what What would be some of the signs that might suggest that maybe it's not so so true anymore? Like it's happened to me and Jay, right? You get through, and there's times when they're just like, "Dad, Dad, Dad, please." So, do you have anything that you're looking for for that? I mean, you're not there yet, but what might be some signs that might indicate that uh, you're going to get one of these? Like, I uh, I forgot where I said I saw this, but there was a a comedy video about the six different ways that you see your dad throughout your life. And like when you're a kid, your dad's a superhero and then he's, you know, a disciplinarian and, you know, he, he's way too hard on you. And then it ended with, at a certain point, you just realized that he never knew anything all <laughs> along. And 
I think I, I'm one step past that to this, this stage that wasn't in the video. But when I got to spend some time with my dad a couple weeks ago, knowing that, like in my head, it was always this like, well, I'm not ready to have kids because I don't know what, I mean, my dad was ready. Like they knew they were parents. They, they knew how to do this. And I don't know that yet. But you get there and it's like, oh, wait, no one knows anything. And there is no way to prepare for this whatsoever and then there just becomes this appreciation and this uh this brotherhood of like oh yeah we're all just making it up like there is there is no guidebook there and even if there was the kids don't follow the rules anyway yeah you, you, you know what makes a good actor right it's more about the reaction than acting right yeah. I mean, for us that are in the film industry, when you see a good actor, they know how to react. It's pretty much what we're doing. It's like, as you're going, you're, you're, I think you're right. We don't, I mean, we didn't read a manual. It wasn't like getting a driver's license or anything, you know? And even then who really reads those things? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's your, you, we can sit here and talk about it, but until you experience it yourself and figure out what works for you and your family, you know, I mean, Hopefully some of this helps people out there, but you know, it's, it's true. You get, you got to go through it. I always tell people it's like the grand Canyon. Uh, when they ask of like, if you haven't visited the grand Canyon, you know, it's amazing. You know, it's huge, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what to expect, but then you get there and it's still bigger and deeper and more vast than you ever imagined. And like, so when you picture it, you know, you're going to have sleepless nights, you know, you're going to be exhausted, you know, it's going to be rewarding but you don't understand the magnitude until you've been there. Um, but all this, the question I want to ask based on this soliloquy um, was how have your experiences as fathers differed specifically from the role or the experience of your own father? I kind of have a deep answer to that, I think. Um so I got to give a little bit of background and then I may have to come back and ask you what the question is again. So be ready for it. Um, so when I was in the Marines, you know, I saw combat when I went to Operation Restore Hope Somalia in 1993. Uh, then, you know, went through, you know, after getting through that, um, you know, regular military. And then right around 1999, I got attached to a unit where. I had to do nothing but funerals and I had to notify families when Marines were killed and deal with the, you know, the, the remains and the process and paperwork and media protesters, the whole nine yards with all of that. And so one of the challenges is for me is I, I try to not take those memories and apply that to my fears as a father. So what I mean by that, and I have, I struggle with this to this day. And I think I probably always will is some of the, you know, visuals that I have seen, I sometimes lay upon my kids. And what I mean by that is like, I could literally be driving a car and there could be a little, little car accident. Okay. Tiny little fender bender, no big deal. And, and this is, this has happened. And as I'm driving past, it's like, okay, everyone's good. No big deal. I drive on. Then I start thinking about all of these other accidents, all of these other traumas that I've seen and all that. Then, you know, I'll keep it light. Um, then I'll sit there and think about my kids. Like, well, what if they were in that car? And then I make it more gruesome in my mind. So that becomes a hard thing to get past 
is for me is to not merge my past with what I'm afraid is going to happen to them. And that's hard. Um, again, what was the question? The question is, is how is your experience as a father different from your own father? Oh, okay. So how is that different? So, um, the difference with that is that with my father, he was a big time partier. So I grew up in a whole different world there, you know, going to big, big parties, you know, and being a kid exposed to a lot of the, the nonsense that happens. And to get past that, that's, that was a whole different thing. I definitely didn't want that lifestyle for my kids and, and, you know, and then being in the military too, there's a lot of challenges with that type of stuff when you go out drinking, hitting the bars and stuff like that. So, you know, you just have to pay attention what your life was like. Try not to push that on to, you know, things that you want or don't want for your children. Yeah. Tyler. Uh, for me, it's uh, super weird. Uh, I've just recently, maybe over the past four years, started seeing my dad as a human and not as like a parent because it was just that perspective alone that helped me out. But uh, for my dad, he was in and out of the system a lot. So really like letters was what we got back and forth. Didn't know what he looked like until a little bit older. But once he, he always like gave me information and he always disciplined, but he wasn't, you know, there emotionally. And that was not something he could give to me. And it felt like it was something he couldn't give to himself. So for me, it's like tapping into that and being able to communicate and also understand like my children as far as like how they're feeling and making it so they have a space so they can talk to me about whatever they need to. And they can also see me in that light. So they have understanding of like men can feel this way. Men can do this. Uh, there's no boy. We try to cut that out this house. Like no boys can do like boys just do this. Girls just do this. We we cut that out completely. But we also just listen to her because she's just trying to understand the world. But for me, it's just stepping out of the norms and also just being here every day. Because, like, I want to kiss her when she wakes up, hold her when she goes to sleep, and just document it, but also just be present. So that's the biggest thing. Being present, being vulnerable, and, like, letting go of all the armor that's unnecessary when you're within the home. Carl? Uh, that's good, Tyler. I like that. Uh, I, you know, my father's father died when I was very young. So I have sort of what I think are memories of him, but probably they're just stories that have been told to me enough. And he was like a tough guy. You know, he like cigar chewing, like whiskey drinking lawyer in Kansas City. He was a tough guy. Um, and so my my father then had a little bit sort of like the tougher exterior but was you know is you know gentler inside and then now we get like each generation it becomes mushier like there's just play-doh jello <laughs> like my children are probably, you know uh, so i think that that and that's probably cultural and societal too right that it's okay to be be less tough 
um, as a dad. And so I think that that's, that's part of it. Um, as you all were talking, I was thinking there's a really great um, essay called Once More to the Lake is written by E.B. White. And he, he's the narrator of this essay is going to the lake because that's what his father used to do. And so he's taking his kids to the lake because that's what his father used to do. And he's remembering what it was um, to be the son. And I think for all of us, that notion of trying to um, imagine that we're, we're in a different role now, like we're a different, um, they're sort of like the archetypal father. That's not me. That's my dad. But for my children, it's, I guess it's me. Uh, I can't imagine it's sort of like I'm this sort of goofy guy or whatever, but that's what, that's what they see as the father. And for me, that that's my dad. So I think that adjusting your mind to accept the fact that, Hey, you're not that kind of son anymore. Only right. Your life becomes more complicated. And now you have that role of father. Uh, and I think all of us probably struggle with imagining that we're fitting that role um, or, you know, however we see that idea of father, you know, are we those things? And, you know, I'm, um, you know, past 50. So I think, well, why would you possibly think that you're still a kid? Um, but I do a lot of the time, like I'm not, I'm not the dad, I'm the kid. So that kind of evolution in your mind of uh, trans warming into that different role uh, isn't a distinct thing, right? It's a very gradual thing. Um, and it all depends on who's kind of looking at you and who you're looking at uh, to, for you to be able to kind of really understand how that, that growth and change happens. And then Jay over here is into the next round, right, as grandfather, which I'm sure you can't really grasp no, uh, at all. Yet. No, no. And, and you hit it dead on. Cause I actually told people this is like, I still feel mentally that I, I feel like I'm 25. I, you know, and here I'm about to be 49. So it's, that's weird. It's so weird. That does, As make I the, that does make me the oldest in the room. That does make you the oldest. Does make you it's the oldest. Finally, I know everybody who's watching has been really wondering <laughs> which of those guys is older. That's me. Uh, I was going to say, Jay, I do remember um, you had told us that you were expecting a grandchild soon uh, when we were working together in early March, and you did not like when we all started calling you Grandpa Jay. Uh, I'm, I'm, it's still so weird. But I'm not going for that pee-paw-paw-paw paw, paw stuff. No, just call <laughs> me Grandpa. I'm old school that way, I guess. you know. But, uh, yeah, I still, I still don't feel it. My body definitely, you know, there's definitely aches and pains that are, you know, military related, getting old related. But yet I feel like, man, I, I want to go skateboard or something, but man, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, it's just different. And then I will tell you this, I'm starting to hear a different voice. You know, I'm starting to get that. I don't know. I can hear a difference and it's just that part of me is not really ready for it, you know, but here I am. I feel like my answer to the question is a summary of a lot of what all of you have said, but my dad was, I feel like the typical American dad, if he worked 
nine to five on a good week and usually a lot more on a normal week um, and was still around and we got to go on vacation. Like it was that provider uh, and my mom stayed at home with the kids. And because of that, we, we all went to the lake. We went to Table Rock Lake uh, every summer for like a week, sometimes more. And that time was this very special time with dad because that was when we had him for a week um, and there was no going to work, no, no escape. Um, and it was just water skiing and, you know, all the fun that came with that. And then they, they bought a place down there and that's where uh, Luca hit his head on. It was actually their driveway down at their lake house a few weeks ago. Um, but that, that memory is so strong of, of, you know, that, you know, vacation mode of dad. And that's something that I try to, to be aware of. And it doesn't really matter at this point because Luca's so young, but as you've talked about being consistent with messages and stuff, I feel like as a dad, I want to make sure that I'm consistently true to myself and that I'm not a big, you know, disciplinarian as a person. I'm not confrontational. And I know there will be moments where I need to find that in myself for the health and safety of my kids. Um, but I want to make sure that I, I handle things in a way where I'm still, you know, having that, that connection and stuff. Um, but as you say, the lake thing, the, the once more to the lake that hit me. And then Jay, as you said, the not getting older and wanting to skateboard when I was at the lake on the last day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to water ski. I haven't water skied in a couple years, but I, I can still do it. It's not a problem. I mean, I'm young. I can, uh, and I almost couldn't walk for a week, just mm -hmm. hunched over and in pain. Um, well, I will promise you that will get worse. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's what I knew. I went, uh, Sean, I went to, uh, this is now probably two years ago, I don't know, went to like one of those trampoline cities. <laughs> yeah. You put that in your back pocket for 20 years from now for you to jump on trampoline, which by the way, during it, you think, I feel exactly like I did when I was 15. Yeah. And then then later, not so much. Right. We went, we went to the, one of those for my bachelor party, but we went right after we had this nine course breakfast. My brother brought the chef from Juniper in, in Clayton. He brought that chef in to make us this ridiculous breakfast. Uh, he's friends with the guy. Um, and so loaded with nine courses of breakfast, we got on trampolines. And so it wasn't enjoyable during it, but then also <laughs> wasn't enjoyable later. <laughs> Um, my, my last, my last little line of, of questions that I wanted to, to have this discussion in is given everything that we've said and everything we've talked about and the, the future that we foresee, um, is there anything that you think, whether it's Tyler, you know, three months and two weeks, me 13 months or, you know, Carl, your kids are, are 30, you said, uh, 30, 35. Yeah. <laughs> Is is there anything that you wish you or you could tell yourself when you were first getting started, when you were in the delivery room? Anything you wish you could have told yourself that you know now that you didn't know then? I'll say that this. I think the reason I think that people continue to have children is that they can't recall anything that happened when they're tiny. 
Like otherwise, it's it's so much work. It's so hard that if you couldn't kind of put that in the rearview mirror, then people would just never have kids anymore, and the human race would just die out in like one generation. So I don't remember, <laughs> uh, and I think that it's just an it's just a very gradual evolution. You know, I think I probably got better at just kind of being a parent. But I don't know that I could look back and say why or when any of that happened. You know, you just kind of accept your own um, weaknesses, accept your own uh, imperfection, and just kind of do your best. Uh, one thing, when you were talking earlier about um, anxiety and certainly environmental conditions can trigger that, and so if it's really hard for whatever reason with your children, you know, you're, I'm sure that that's going to contribute to that. But, but a, a friend who used to say, you know, whenever you think like that's it, like it, I can't do one more thing or I can't kind of endure one more thing then it changes for the better. And I've always sort of rested on that. And it's with a few exceptions, <laughs> it's been true uh, where you say, I can do this. I can do this. Uh, just it can't get any worse than that. And then the next day, something really wonderful happens. Um, so when you're feeling that, I think just wait one more day. Yeah. So when before I went into the Marine Corps, that was one thing. My father was in the Navy, and that was one thing that he told me that for some reason just stuck in my head was no matter what, nobody can stop time. So no matter how much pain you're going through, time is not going to stop. And it, whatever that thing that's happening is not going to keep going on forever. So if you just keep that in mind, you know, you'll, you'll be able to get through any of the tough times. Now, the thing is, is that he's right. You're going to forget kind of the, the rough spots, you know, that, that, that gets smoothed over throughout time and you remember all the good stuff. And every year, you know, I've got a birthday coming up in September and they're always, Hey dad, what do you want? You know, I don't want anything but time. That's, and I'm dead serious. I don't care about a piece of paper that says happy birthday. I, I just want time. That's it. And that's not BS. That is, I tell them that every year, just come spend some time with me. You know, let's go do something or not. I don't really care. I just want to see you. That's it. Yeah. You just want to sit, sit back at your grand piano back there and just that's it. play some songs it's, with the kids right there. Yeah. Tyler, what you got? Um, for me, uh, dang, I love listening to y'all, and then I get lost in that. Um, I'll say, only thing I want to tell myself in in the delivery room, right? Or yeah, just just that that stage. What what didn't you know then that you you wish you that you know now that you wish you could tell yourself? You can take your shirt off right now and do skin to skin. Nobody's gonna say anything because nobody cared and everyone was just excited as me because that was just one of the biggest things I wanted to do is connect right away. And then also outside of that, it's put down your laptop because they don't want you to work either. Like don't, don't try to take another case, drop that and like be here. Cause I did spend a little time, like it was unexpected 4:30 AM this happened and I'm like supposed to be getting ready for work. So me, I felt like this obligation to be like trying to juggle both when it was unnecessary. It's just 
this is the most important thing to you that's gone this that was the most that was one of the best experiences in my life and i say that because every day with her since then has just been amazing and it's been great to see her grow but that i didn't want to be anywhere i didn't want to see anything except a mirror and a more and my little family growing so drop everything this is the most i think I, I think tyler's got it all figured out I think you're gonna be you're gonna be great he uh, you're gonna be great he's a reminder <laughs> of himself yeah i feel like that's what a lot of my day-to-day lessons are is like reminding myself that i knew that already and i just wasn't listening it's like oh yeah i, I shouldn't have gotten worked up about this and um carl what, what you were saying about you know why people keep having kids there was something when, when we were meeting with the doctor be, before luca was born um and we didn't know uh we didn't find out the gender or anything ahead of time and as like it was just all this unknown and i i kept asking all these questions you know her heartbeat was slightly faster I'm like, what does that mean does that mean like what are the chances this could mean that and the doctor said scientifically speaking most kids are born fine which is why there is a human race if more often than not there were problems we wouldn't have a human like we solved all these problems we dealt with all this before there was medicine we're gonna be okay most people the body is designed to handle this um and that's the thing that i have to remind myself as i as he falls and hits his head and and these things and and when i'm the guy in the room and I'm trying to keep him from touching anything. If he falls, I'm worried. Is he bleeding internally? Like what I'm playing out, Jay, like you're saying, the, the worst case scenario of, well, you know, he's crying. What does that mean? What is happening? Um, and I have to remind myself, like, you know, statistically speaking, a lot of kids have hit their heads a lot harder than he just did, and they turned out just fine. And I need to probably stop sweating so much and just, you know, throw him another ball and distract him. Yeah, I will tell you, media does play a lot into what you're talking about. We, we hear things and we get that panic moment. You just got to ease up a little bit on it. Just, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, put a piece of grass in their mouth, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you know, those germs, some germs are okay so that your body can build up, you know, stuff as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I will say, Sean, that my children are still not allowed to walk on the concrete. So 21 years later, I don't let them walk on concrete. Not even with their helmets on? No, no. They just grass, kids grass. So if they, they, if they have to cross the street, do they jump over it? They don't cross the street. Yeah, Carl oh. carries them. Yeah, they, they just, <laughs> yeah, do everything you can do, Sean, to, to protect the child yeah. at all costs. Yeah, I don't ever want him to experience falling. I want to catch no. him every time he loses balance. I will oh, be not me. Him. Not me. Uh, you're going to fall. Jay, you're pushing him. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, we had a little problem with the babysitter once. And the child was dropped. And um, a doctor friend of mine said that children, like infants, whatever, are really kind of built to to be dropped from that level, from the level that you hold them, like for whatever millennia, people have been dropping kids and they're fine. So I'm with you on that. 
I was I was raised by my granny, and when we'd always get together and have like a family gathering, all the kids would go downstairs, and so they'd always say, "No, let the kids play on the stairs. If they fall, they won't do it again." That always just scared the mess out of me, even as a kid. And I think about it now as an adult. I'm just like, no. You still don't do stairs to this day? I don't go down those <laughs> stairs because they're really steep. <laughs> but just the idea of like, yeah, let the kids fall down the stairs. I'm like, nah, like let's <laughs> let's not. Let's let not let's they can't go downstairs if they keep running back and up. How about that? Yeah. But nah, they just want the kids to fall. The, your first child, your first child is the hardest. Once you get and you've got that experience. Now you have a little helper, you know, to help out with the next one, to help push them down those stairs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or to already be laying at the bottom for them to lay. Yeah, down. you know, either way, yeah, just build the pile. Let's take it a dark turn here. I think. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was all this touching stuff, and Tyler was great, and he's loving his kids, and now everybody's getting shoved down the stairs. <laughs> it's funny because I can see it happening too. Yeah. Like, she could fly. I, th- I thought she could fly. We're obsessed with superheroes right now. Uh-huh. Oh, well, gentlemen, if there's anything else on your hearts, now's the time. Otherwise, I think we'll start to sew this thing back up. Well, I, I do have a kind of a thought that I'm kind of curious about what, you know, Carl and Tyler and you, Sean, but think me. about. That's fine. Well, no, no. I mean, <laughs> you, you as well. Um, we are in a different time now. Um, six months ago, this Corona stuff wasn't around, you know, we didn't have to worry about wearing a mask everywhere and deal with all this other stuff. That's like making the stress feel so much more. What are your guys' experience on what's happening now? Around the whole Corona, I'm so anxious. It's very bothersome for me, especially with the newborn. Um, A lot of my friends are young, so uh, we're very, before I had a kid, I was very, if I if if something happens to me, it's meant to happen. I'll be fine. I lived my life. I loved it. And now I'm just like, I can't take those risks. I want to be able to hold my daughter. I want to be able to be there for her. I don't want to do anything that'll put her at risk. And the same with my family. So it's been a very hard time to kind of like deal with that, that scare, that anxiousness. I'm not on the other side of it. I don't plan to be you know, anytime soon, but I'm aware of it and just trying to be calm with it and know that it'll be all right. So what you are saying about the the human body and the kids, and I know this is completely different. It's just, I just got to trust that it'll be okay. But even like what you said, Jay, it's, it's hard just because the imagination runs wild and you also hear what's going on. A couple months ago, um, my Frisbee team, we had put out a survey and we're just, you know, there's a bunch of questions about practice and stuff that were in there. And, uh, for fun, I threw in the question, what's your biggest fear? Um, and since I had made the survey, I answered it before I sent the link out and I had put my biggest fear is the giant squid, which, uh, which is true. But then the next answer came from my buddy, Justin, uh, who, as I'm watching these, these results come in, his, his answer says, uh, something happened to me and my kids growing up without a father. And suddenly I had this whole like, yeah, giant squids don't seem so bad, <laughs> actually. Um, but, but I mentioned that because I'm, I'm in the same boat as Tyler where um, I'm very, very cautious about this. And I've been maintaining as much distance as possible. And we've been staying home. And we're fortunate that Luca is the age he is 
because having a three or four or a five-year-old right now is tough because they need that social interaction. They need to go to the magic house. They need to go to the science center and experience these things and touch things and put that leaf in their mouth and all those other things. And Luca doesn't need that yet. And, and we're, we're able to sort of hunker down right now and avoid some of those. We don't have to send him to daycare um, because I'm here and I can't really work that much. So we're fortunate in that regard. Uh, but it really is that like Tyler, like you said, if something happens to me, like if I get sick and I either just can't be around for a couple of weeks, that's devastating to my family and how our, our day to day works. And God forbid something worse or longer term than that happen. That's, you know, a huge problem. So for that reason, we're just playing it super safe. And, um, and even with that super safety comes all that anxiety and fear of, you know, you can, you can be as, as safe as you can, but you can't guarantee anything. Yeah. I think that, um, uh, you know, when you have your kids in your house when they're little or when they're younger, um, you worry about them, but you're also there. Right. And so I think that in this situation, I do, you know, I have one son living with me for a while, but he'll go back to school. Um, and then the other one lives in, in Lawrence. So, you know, you still, the, the worrying doesn't go away, but you don't, you have that distance, which kind of can increase that uncertainty for you. So it, it, it changes. Um, and, you know, your ability to kind of feel like, you know, you can kind of have them right here and protect them changes. Um, you just hope they're equipped to, to navigate it all. Um, you know, working in a school, Sean talked about earlier, um, I have a lot of kids that I feel responsible for, too. So, you know, you, you can be concerned about all of them, hundreds of people um, that you hope you can kind of keep safe. But again it's it's all out of our control i think that's what creates so much of this anxiety is that you can be careful but you can't be certain you know that you can protect them and that's that's true outside of this right it's true just generally in our lives that you can be thoughtful but you can't you can't kind of keep um keep bad things from happening to people as much as you try but i don't think we should end on that yeah, no, what, what has been that's kind of sad now. Let, let's let's end on this. What has been one of as you look back uh on on your journey as a father, what has been just one not your most favorite, but one super happy moment where you remember in in the moment you're like, Oh my god, I'm so happy to be a dad. Like this is such a cool experience and I'll remember this forever. I'll go first. Um every day we take Luca for a walk. Sometimes when Jesse has phone calls in the afternoon, um, I, I go just him and I, and, you know, push the stroll around. And when he was a tiny baby, he would sleep during that. And it was just, you know, walking around and going to the different fountains around here. And the sound would put him to sleep and stuff. But now he's walking and he holds onto my finger. And again, I'm terrified that he's going to fall. Uh, but so long as I've got a decent grip on, on his hand, I feel okay. But that first time, that we were walking down the street and he was just, he trusted me, he held my, my, my finger with his little hand and we were, we were just exploring. We were just going down the street step by step and, you know, 
crack by crack. We live in the city, so the sidewalks are awful. Um, but navigating that that street together and him holding my hand was uh, just a, a magical like. I'm I'm his dad, and he's he's going for a walk with his dad, and that I'm enjoying that right now. And I get to do it again and again every day when the weather's nice like this. I would have to say that it's not one moment uh, for me that that I can reflect on. It's kind of the big picture. Uh, as you see your kids getting to the point where you see that light bulb go on and starting to recognize certain things of things that you've been saying all along, um, you know, my youngest, she's becoming successful at what she's doing and she keeps making the right decisions. When you see them making the right decisions, that's when you're like, man, that is so damn cool. It's just so cool. You yeah, feel like I'll... you feel like you can hand off a little bit easier at that point, Jay, when you can. Oh, hundred percent. Because yeah. you know that, that the, the basic foundations of what you've been trying to teach them of what, Life can be, you know, you got to think about your decisions, your decisions reflect on uh, some of your past. And also, you know, it's going to also reflect on the direction you're going, you know, and when they, when you just see them making the right choice, like my daughter, she sent me her credit score the other day. She's like, look at this, dad. I was like, go girl, keep going. It's awesome. You know, I know credit score is not the same as holding hands, but I'm just saying it's right. the big picture. It's it's really cool when when that light bulb is going bright. Yeah, I think for my dad's sake, I won't share my credit score with him. I don't think it would have the same, you know, impact that that your 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 kids had on you. Is that three digits? Is What's that? Three digits? Are there three digits? I thought it was just one to one hundred. I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good one out of one hundred. Right. So anyway, to, to <laughs> piggyback on what uh, Jay just said for me, because um, I know Tyler's going to have something cool because uh, he's really in it with uh, with little ones. But um, you know, my two sons don't—they're not together much because they're just—they live in different places. They're doing different things. So recently, we were all together, and that moment, um, which is just very ordinary becomes something really special and you get to see what what jay was talking about which is this development of little tiny kids like sean and tyler have into like you know adults who they're funny and they're smart and they're interesting and they have the opinions and they disagree with with me or each other or um you know they they know what's going on out there and that's that's crazy if you think about where you two are now um, where you're kind of trying to keep them from bumping into coffee tables um, to think that one day they'll be able to, you know, have a conversation about what's going on in the world in really interesting and kind of special, thoughtful ways um, and make you laugh. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. Bruh. Dang it. Uh, for me, it's like a little, it's like a twofer just because it's a five-year-old and then the three months but with the five-year-old it's she has like uh i feel like it's signs of like detachment anxiety where she'll like get super upset at something and like the most beautiful thing is like talking with her and getting her to take deep breaths and like calm herself down that's been like the best thing ever just because i want her to be in control of her emotions and herself and like every day she just gets a little bit better at it and she falls off but she gets back on and um it's always dope to like work through that with her but also see her do it on her own 
And then for the three-month-year-old, I love when she poops. I'm going to be honest. One, when she first came, like, we were super worried because we were just like, poop, kid, poop. That lets us know you're healthy. You're getting it out. So now it's every time I see a poop, I get to work on being a better diaper changer because I'm still having competitions. Uh, but also, um, yeah, I just know my kid's healthy. And she's like yeah. getting that gunk out of her body. I'm so you sorry know what, that, I said that at the end, that, too. That never changes, Tyler. <laughs> that never changes. <laughs> I, I don't want to know what your text thread is like with your sons, Carl. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you pictures. It's all pictures. Yeah, that's all. Hey Tyler, I I have to I have to you know tip my hat off to you because you've got things, you've got a a good understanding of things. Uh, I think you're more connected at what stage you're at than I think probably what you realize, in my opinion. Um, So just keep doing what you're doing and stay connected, man, because that's the that's the best thing right there. Yes, sir. Hundred percent. Thank you. Yeah. Well, with that, is that an okay note to end on, Carl? I think that's great. That's I love that. One. How could you? How could you beat poop? Right. <laughs> Truly. Truly. Um, the, uh, the this video is is one of many. I'm trying to do something where I stream every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Something, and so we're doing some games coming up. This was a conversation I was really looking forward to, um, and I, I want to take this opportunity to uh, to promote if. If you want to know when these things are going on and you're not uh, subscribed to the YouTube channel, A, you can click the subscribe button, um, or B, there's an email list where we're sending out emails. Uh, and if you just go to my full name, all lowercase, no spaces.com, um, here, I'll put it. Uh, if, you, if you go there, that's the sign up. <laughs> um, that'll take you to the sign up for the email list. Um, that's I actually own that. Um, I'm very I like that domain. Um, but uh, sign up for the email list, and we send out things uh, when we have conversations like this coming up. And hopefully, we'll revisit topics like this in the future, and maybe we'll we'll touch base in a few months and see see how far Tyler and I have come, and and uh, and Carl and Jay how how much you can judge us. <laughs> I think you're doing great. Without a doubt. You guys, I mean, there's two people watching live right now. So uh, I think this is a great opportunity to say anything you're promoting, anything you need to, you know, you want to throw an Instagram handle out there. You've got the world watching right now. If you, if you need, Carl, you said you're, promote, you're promoting admission at the college school. At the college school, yeah. And I wanted to say hi to my mom and dad, uh, who I think are the two people watching right now. Oh, there's three people. One of them might okay. be my mom or dad. <laughs> I really wish they'd watch on separate devices just so that it would count as more viewers. Right. Yeah. Um, they can be in the same room. They can mute one of them for all I care, you know, but Tyler, anything big coming up for you? I'm going to make, uh, so I start back work Thursday. I'm going to do uh can I do it? I'm gonna do a 24 hour film now, I guess. I, I said 48 hour at first. But hey, if you follow me on Tyler Small with three L's on Instagram, you'll be able to see it. Uh, and it's kind of gonna go into like the anxiousness of being a dad. Uh, I really couldn't figure out what to do it on, but I figure out, I figure just do what's closest to you. That way you got the perspective to tell the story. So 
or you can just see adorable photos of my daughters. So, hey. Yeah, it's a win-win. Perfect. Perfect. Jay, anything happening? Uh, no, not really. I think uh, if anyone's wanting to support something, one thing that I'm big into is the uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Um, help those that uh, you know have been injured one way or another. You know, I think that's uh, that's that's important to me. So, let's see. I, I don't think I have a banner for that. Yeah, it's just Hardy and Sons podcast. Sorry, man. <laughs> All good. I really wish I could do more. <laughs> Wait. No, I like it. Not helpful. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thank you for for sharing your time and your thoughts and 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 your love as fathers with uh, with me and with each other and with the three people watching. Um, hopefully, hopefully someone got a laugh or or learned a little something from this. And I don't think it's hard to to imagine that someone did. So, Very good to the viewers. Thank you uh, for watching. And uh, we'll see you soon.